0: Buckle up, everyone. You are strapped in and ready for the insurance hour. With me, your host, Carl Sussman, the voice helping you navigate the world of insurance. Insurance is not complicated, it really isn't. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what insurance is, and that's why I'm here. I want you to understand what insurance is, what insurance isn't, what your expectations for a policy should be, keeping you informed and insured one hour at a time. Let's talk about insurance. Hello, hello, hello. This is Carl, and you are listening to The Insurance Hour on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 a.m. and 96.9 FM. You can catch me live every Tuesday at 12 o'clock p.m., replay at 7 o'clock p.m., and again at Wednesday at 6 a.m., Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 1 p.m. And of course, I do want to hear from you, so please reach out to the station at 805-564-1290 or at carl at am1290kzsb.com. The best thing are your questions. I want to be able to answer your questions. I want to be able to know what's on your mind and hopefully help educate you so you can make the most informed insurance decisions you can. How's that? Today, we are going to talk about why there is an insurance crisis in California. I know if you live in California, you are well aware that there is a property insurance crisis. Now, I'll start out by saying property because... You'll hear people say, oh, you can't get home insurance, or oh, you can't get fire insurance. It's actually even more specific than that. It's not fire insurance or just home insurance. It's insurance for homeowners. It's insurance for people that have a rental property. It's insurance for people that have a condominium that they rent. It's insurance for renters. It's insurance for associations, homeowners associations. It's insurance for apartment buildings. It is all kinds of insurance. It literally is a crisis that affects everybody. So I wanted to take a little bit of time today and talk about how we got here, where we are, and where we're going. And, and of course, how long is all of this going to take? So let me just jump right in. Remember, if you have questions, feel free to call right in, 805-564-1290, or email carl, K-A-R-L, at 1290kzsb.com. So why the California insurance crisis? California is, as you know, the best state there is. And we've got some good laws on the books. We've got some bad laws on the books. We've got some good actors. We've got some bad actors. We've got a little bit of everything. What has transpired is really sort of the culmination of some bad luck, some bad legislation, some other factors that are outside of everybody's possible control, just a lot of things. Let me go through all of them. First of all, California is home to nearly 40 million people, okay? Half of which, a little over half actually, are estimated to own homes, okay? So we're talking about 20 million people, and we're talking just about homeowners insurance at this point, right? Just homeowners, not the condos, not the renters, not the apartment buildings, not the homeowners associations, not the buildings, all all of those things are separate. All of those things aside, the statistics show that about 50 to 55% own a single family residence now three of the largest property insurance carriers state farm all state and farmers have either stopped offering homeowners insurance or limited how many policies they're willing to take now why is that such a big deal that's just three insurance companies those three insurance companies make up a significant portion of the property insurance market that's available in california not just that when you have three large players stop playing the game, what do you think that does to all of the other players? Well, I'll tell you in case you don't know, it makes them very, very nervous. They're wondering, well, why? Why are they stopping? What are we missing? More on top of that, they're concerned about something called adverse selection. Now, what is adverse selection? Adverse selection is a, it's not a philosophy. It's a, it's a terminology really, or a form of thinking that shows that you're going to get the wrong type of business. So for example, if there's only one insurance company that will take a driver, let's say that has five speeding tickets, they'll take good drivers too that have no speeding tickets, but they're the only ones that will take a driver with five speeding tickets. We would say that that insurance company is adversely selected. They will get more bad drivers than good drivers. And it makes sense since they're the only ones that are offering coverage for that particular type of client. So when you have three large insurance companies stop writing coverage or severely limit coverage, the remaining insurance companies that are writing get concerned that they're going to become adversely selected and start to get the wrong type of business that they'll be writing in California. So what does that do? That makes them pull back again. When they pull back, now we have even fewer insurance companies that are offering coverage in California and so on and so on and so on. So now we can understand how this has happened. You have sort of a tipping point where large carriers, I call them the name brand carriers. When some of the name brand carriers stop writing coverage, the rest of the market gets concerned and will follow suit. Uh, Just so you have a number, uh, it's estimated in California that between state farm, all state and farmers, they have a little over 21% of all homeowners policies uh, in California. That was data as of 2022. So like I said, almost a quarter of the market just with those three companies. That's a lot. That's a lot of business to all of a sudden have to try and force feed down the rest of the industry. And again, you've got the rest of the industry saying, whoa, what did we miss? So now we know why the carriers, uh, not why, now we know that the carriers have stopped writing coverage. And the question is, well, why did they start, why did they stop writing insurance? So let's go through some of the, the reasons right now. I think the easiest one, and we'll start with that, has to do with regulations. Uh, There was regulations uh, passed on the ballot. Uh, It was called Proposition 103, uh, and it was passed, I think uh, 34, 35 some odd years ago in the state of California. What's interesting about Proposition 103 was it did a lot of things. Uh, It took the position of insurance commissioner, for example, and took it from uh, a job that is appointed by the governor to an elected official. Uh, For for a little reference, there are, I believe, 14 or 15 states in the country that have elected insurance commissioners. The rest are appointed by the governor. So draw your own conclusions. Uh, We're still in the minority for that. But that's one of the things that Prop 103 did. It also determined for auto insurance, what is considered a good driver and what is considered a bad driver and how long can you call somebody a good driver or a bad driver. It really was designed in response to some really bad actors that were doing some really bad things with auto insurance. That really was the the part that really Proposition 103 grew from. It was from a lot of bad stuff going on in the auto insurance industry. Ironically, it ends up hurting the property market more over the long haul, but at any rate, that's that's where it actually came from. One of the other things that Proposition 103 did was it mandated insurance carriers to get approval from the Department of Insurance anytime they want to change how they underwrite a policy. Basically, how they determine how they're going to price a policy, they have to get approval for that. Makes a lot of sense. That's what the Department of Insurance's primary function is, is to be sure that the insurance industry is not being discriminatory. And more importantly, or I would say, to be sure that the insurance companies that are writing coverage are solvent. They're going to be there when we need them. That, I believe, is their primary function. Uh, Proposition 103 gave them some additional, uh, what should I say, uh, responsibilities like that. One other factor, and you'll hear about this a lot, is that Proposition 103 put something in there that said that in the event that a rate increase above 6.9% is requested by an insurance company, then it can be appealed by a third party. Now, that was a great idea in theory because it meant that if a carrier tries to do something and it's a little bit iffy, people can appeal it. Uh, Organizations can appeal it. They can have an open hearing. They can discuss it. They can try and figure out why it's happening, see if there's any other way to deal with it, et cetera, et cetera. In practice, what ended up happening was there became one entity that represented about 90 plus percent of appeals that were made, period. And this entity would appeal everything, literally everything that would go to the Department of Insurance that was above that 6.9. They would just, as a matter of practice, automatically appeal them. What did that mean? Well, first, it meant delays, meaning that if an insurance company wanted to make a change, remind uh, remind you that it's not just rate increases. It's any type of a change. They have to go through the, the Department of Insurance, and this one particular organization would submit their appeal, and the Department of Insurance would say, okay, we'll have a hearing, and delays would begin. One point I want you to be aware of before we get ready to take our first break Who is paying this particular organization that is appealing all of these rate changes and filings? I want you to think about that while we take our first break. So an insurance company says we want to change how we underwrite. And then a company appeals that. Who do you think pays that company, pays the attorneys, pays those people that are appealing that submission to the Department of Insurance? We'll talk about that right after the break. I am Carl, and I am the Insurance Hour host here on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. This is Carl, host of The Insurance Hour on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 a.m. and 96.9 FM. I am here live every Tuesday, 12 p.m. and replay at 7 p.m. You can listen again Wednesday at 6 a.m., Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 1 p.m. And as I will continually say, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what it is that you would like to talk about. Please reach out to me at 805-564-1290. Say you have a question for Insurance Hour Guy, that'd be me, or send an email directly to me at carl at am1290kzsb.com. Okay, before we took our break, I asked you to think about who would be the organization that would come in and appeal an insurance company's request to make a change to how they underwrite or price a policy. And more importantly, who pays for that? The answer may surprise you. As it turns out, the insurance companies have to actually pay the bills for the organization that will come in and request a hearing on the changes that the insurance company is requesting. So let's, let's take that apart just a little bit. Insurance company A says, I want to start offering a different discount for good students, let's just say. And they submit that to the Department of Insurance. And one of these organizations, like I said, I'm not going to name them, but one of them represents 90 plus percent of all appeals. So I'm just going to say the organization. This organization then will file an appeal and insurance company A has to foot the bill for that appeal. Now, this is not chump change over time, as you can imagine. And as part of some new regulations that we'll talk about in a little bit, those numbers and how much these organizations are making is going to start becoming publicly available which I think is a very good thing. We should know what these organizations are getting paid. And guess what? If the insurance company is paying them, you know that's going to trickle down to our premiums. So at the end of the day, we're the ones that are actually paying for it. So moving on from legislation, let's just say that one of the reasons that we are seeing such a, um, what's the right way to put this? We're seeing such a challenging market has to do with legislation that is on the books. Now, I'm not saying that Proposition 103 is all bad. It definitely does do some good things. However, it was written over 30 years ago. Times do change. I mean, we have a process that we go through because we know that legislation changes, uh, that legislation should be changed over time. That's why we have, we have an assembly. That's why we have Congress. Heck, even the United States Constitution, there is a process to make changes to it because we know things do change over time. So I think it's a fair, compromise to say that Proposition 103 may have been good at the time. However, it's doing more harm than good in its current, uh, the, the way it's being utilized right now. So that's the first reason that we're seeing problems with the insurance industry. It's because of legislation. The legislation is, is preventing the insurance industry from being a little more nimble and making changes to some of the underwriting guidelines and pricing structures that we're going to talk about next. So what's another reason that the industry is uh, in turmoil? Well, we have to go to weather. I will not say climate change. I won't, I won't, even though I just did. Let's just say weather. Weather events in California, such as wildfires, have become, well, let's just say more common. In 2023, there have already been over 5,000 wildfires in California alone. Now, just because we don't hear about it on the news and we're not running away and having to evacuate our home, it doesn't mean that there's not a wildfire going on somewhere. I mean, these are actual numbers, over 5,000 of them having burned over a quarter of a million acres in California in 2023 already. That's a lot, folks. That's a lot. And if you think about it, somebody is paying for those losses. Somebody out there is stuck having to pay claims on those losses. Well, you know who it is. It's the insurance carriers. So they are footing the bill on significantly higher frequency and severities of wildfires. Now, I understand that there are years that have more wildfires and there are years that have less. Completely understand that. And one of the things that the industry needs to be able to do is to be flexible. It needs to be able to sort of move with the times. And when it finds that there are more losses, it needs to be able to deal with underwriting that can take that into consideration and pricing structures that can take that into consideration. And when consumers do things to prevent their home from being damaged by fire, for example, or their home is in an area that is simply less likely to burn, their premiums need to reflect that. See the first part of the show, but legislation makes that a little bit difficult. Uh, hopefully, that is uh, something that, it is, that we are seeing change soon. Now, it's interesting because if you do some checking online about wildfires, you'll find a million different organizations that talk about how they can do things to prevent loss by fire. Now, the best type of loss is not to have one, right? That's obvious. So you're going to be hearing a lot more in the coming months and years about what you can do to prevent your home from being more Um, more likely to burn and that phrase you're going to hear is home hardening. Now home hardening has to do with work you do on your house to try and make it less flammable basically and like I said there is no shortage of organizations that will give you ideas and real life actionable items that you can take to be able to make your home less flammable. Let's face it if your home is less likely to burn and the insurance industry can see that, and there are statistics to show that the things that you've done will actually make your home less likely to burn, your premium should reflect that. And guess what? Good news. The Department of Insurance has mandated that insurance companies come up with a plan to be able to show consumers a new discount that they will offer if they will take certain steps to make their home less fire, um, I keep saying it backwards, to make their home less likely to burn. As a matter of fact, the California Fair Plan is the first organization to have this type of thing approved by the Department of Insurance. And depending on work that you do on your house, if you are insured with the California Fair Plan, you can get an additional 10% discount off of the fire premium. And if you take some steps around your house, you can get an additional 5% off your fire insurance premium. So there are ways to do this. It can be done, and we are starting to see it happening. So the takeaway from this is, We are seeing more wildfires, we are seeing more claims, we are seeing larger and more expensive claims, and that is another reason that we are having the issue with property insurance being so scarce in California. All right, let's get to the next reason. The next reason, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing about it, I know I am, it's the big I, inflation. You know, it's interesting because inflation is one of those things that you really don't think about until it gets really, really bad. I think the fact that I can be sitting here right now and know when there was basically zero inflation and the savings accounts in the banks were paying, you know, fractions of percentages. And now all of a sudden a savings account is paying five or six percent or the fact that mortgage rates You could lock in a 30-year mortgage for 2.5% a few years ago, and now they're over 8%. These are major swings. These are, I hate the expression, unprecedented swings. These types of changes are supposed to happen over decades, if at all. They are not supposed to happen over just a few years. Now, how does inflation affect homeowner's insurance? Well, let's think about that. When your home has a loss, the insurance company has to come in and rebuild. Guess what? the homeowner's insurance carrier has to buy lumber, sinks, toilets, cabinets, everything. It has to buy everything. And everything is costing more money, significantly more money. So we have to understand that when the insurance carrier has to pay these increased dollars to rebuild your home, it has to make up that loss somewhere. It has to make up for the fact that it's paying more to rebuild your home due to inflation. So, The insurance industry is right now starting to recover from that by getting their rates approved, again, in in what I'm calling rate recovery. There was a period of time, it was actually 33 months that started during the pandemic, where the insurance industry, not one carrier was able to raise premiums at all, 33 months. And we all know what inflation has been doing since then, up, 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 up. So a lot of the rates that we're seeing right now are sort of that boomerang effect. It's that making up for what didn't happen before. And we're starting to see the carriers get the rate that they need. Now, we're going to go over the next reason after our next break. But I want to remind you to stay tuned in. And I will be back once again. I am Carl with the Insurance Hour on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back. This is Carl, your host of The Insurance Hour on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM, 96.9 FM. Remember, you can catch me live every Tuesday at noon with a replay at 7 PM. Wednesdays again, 6 AM, Saturday, 7 PM, Sunday at 1 PM. And please, please, whatever you do, remember to send your questions to me at carl at am1290kzsb.com. It's Carl with a K. Or call the station directly. They love hearing from you at 805-564-1290. Okay, when we left, I was talking about inflation and talking about these increased costs to rebuild homes based on inflation. Now, it makes sense that if everything costs more money, everything costs more money. Now, who do you think buys more things than anyone else? Well, don't say my wife. Actually, I'll tell you about my wife. She'll go shopping and she'll buy three dresses. The first dress she'll return the next day. The second dress she'll return in a week. And the third dress she'll wear once and then return. I've got the best wife ever. Do I not? Okay. But with all seriousness, who do you think buys the most of everything? The answer is insurance companies. Think about it. They buy everything necessary to build everything from cars to buildings to machines, everything. They literally are the largest, if you want to look at them as a consumer, they are the largest. There is no larger entity to be able to purchase things, which makes sense. They're insuring things, they're purchasing things. So when they have to purchase everything and everything is costing more money, it's only natural that the price of the policy that you're going to be paying that is going to then turn around and buy all of these things that are more expensive is going to become more expensive. We just don't like it. And I get it. I totally get it. Think about it like this. With inflation, you go to the market and you buy a banana and you look at the banana, the price of the banana, you look at the banana and the banana says no. You buy the banana and, you, and you're looking at the price and you think, darn it. I mean, this is just so much more expensive than it used to be. But you buy the banana anyway, because you like bananas. When you go home, you eat the banana. You're annoyed, but you got the banana, you eat the banana. The problem is with insurance. We get our premium and it's higher, just like the cost of the banana is more expensive because of inflation, but we don't feel like we're getting anything. We don't have that tangible satisfaction of, yeah, I'm annoyed the cost is higher, but what do I have to show for it? It used to be a piece of paper, not even a piece of paper anymore. Now it's just a matter of a PDF file. So I understand and I feel the same way that when you get an increase in premium on your insurance policy because of inflation, it just doesn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't have that same, oh, I get it. Everything's costing more money. It just doesn't. So try and understand if you can take if the takeaway from this can be that inflation is affecting your insurance price because insurance carriers have to purchase everything that inflation has made more expensive. Wow, if only I could have just said that before and we would have been done, I could have been mic drop and over with, but that's what it comes down to. So that's another reason we are seeing significantly higher prices for home insurance. And again, since the industry has not been able to take sufficient rate, whoop, look at that. I forgot to put my phone on silence, shame on me. Well, let me be sure that I do that. And I've learned my lesson. You see, the world never stops. Even when I'm talking to you guys, the world never stops. Uh, Another reason, so again, the insurance carriers were not able to take sufficient rate to keep up with inflation because of some of this legislation that was in force. So they were collecting $100 and paying $110, $120. Well, that's not sustainable. Not only are they not making money, and let's face it, the insurance industry and private insurance companies, heck, we buy stock in insurance companies. They have to make money. They are not nonprofit entities, they are for-profit entities. And if they're paying more money out in claims and expenses than they're collecting in premium, there's only one thing to do, stop selling insurance. That's actually one of the things that I tell people when they say, oh, this is all not true, the insurance companies, they're making money, they just wanna make more money. Let me tell you something. I've been doing this for more than 30 years. And yes, that means I started when I was a a single-digit human being, right, right? Okay. There's one way that an insurance company makes money, it's called by selling insurance policies. So by the sheer fact that an insurance company refuses to write insurance, that's all you need to know because that tells you right there that they are obviously not making money because if they could make money, they would sell insurance. So if they refuse to sell it, the only reason is because they are losing money. So remember that the next time you're calling around or you hear that you can't get a quote for an insurance policy, remember, the carriers would like to write policies. That's how they make money. If they're not selling insurance, what the heck are they doing? All right, let's get to the next part of why we're having this issue with insurance availability in California. Now, there's something called reinsurance, which I always get a kick out of because it, it, it makes sense and at the same time, it doesn't make sense. Reinsurance is a process that insurance companies go through where they will take a percentage of their collected premium, they will sell it to yet another insurance company, and in the event of a loss, they will share that same percentage in paying the claim. So for example, if a carrier collects $1,000 in premium and they go to a reinsurance company and they say, okay, I'm giving you $500, so we're splitting this risk. And if there's a claim, they'll split the cost of the claim. Now, this is great for insurance companies to do because it diversifies them that much more, right? It protects the consumer that much more because you can't have one insurance company go insolvent and not pay your claims. Now you have two insurance companies that would have to run out of money before your claim wouldn't get paid. So it's a diversification issue. Reinsurance is a good thing. We want to encourage that. And the cost of reinsurance has to do with how much extra Does the insurance company have to pay to get that reinsurer to make that deal? In reality, it's never a 50-50 split because there has to be transaction fees. This reinsurer is taking a large chunk of premium. So they're charging a premium to the insurance companies for this business transaction. Now, reinsurance companies are international carriers. They're big. There are companies you've probably never heard of, probably some that I've never even heard of. The fact is that these reinsurance companies are being rocked by claims that are occurring worldwide, worldwide, not just California. Weather events, inflation, all sorts of things are turning around, and these reinsurance companies are paying out more in claims than they've ever had to. So what do they do? Well, they raise the cost of what they charge the insurance companies for their reinsurance. Well, guess what? In California, property insurance carriers are not allowed to take that increased cost of reinsurance and put it into the premium calculation. When they go to the Department of Insurance to say, we need to get an additional 5% raise on the premium we're charging for this particular risk. And the reason is because we're paying 5% more for our reinsurance. That factor is not something that the insurance carriers are allowed to put into the mix, in essence, to justify the rate change that they might need to have. Now, again, we'll get to this at the end. This is something that's potentially changing that will make things more flexible again, that will hopefully open up the market again. Remember, this is not the insurance company making more profit. This is an expense. And again, this is an expense we want to encourage because, again, reinsurance is a good thing. Reinsurance keeps insurance companies from taking on too much risk themselves and risking insolvency. And by insolvency, you understand, I'm saying some insurance companies run out of money. Some of them realize they are too much exposed, and so they have no choice to get reinsurance. Some companies will get reinsurance two and three times. I think it's phenomenal. The more reinsurance, the better. The more reinsurance, the less likely you're going to have a company that runs out of money. All right. Now let's wrap all of this up, talk about the future and let you know what to expect. I am Carl, host of the Insurance Hour on KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM, 96.9 FM. Every Tuesday at noon, and I won't even give you the rest. Just please do reach out. Uh, the phones were a little bit quiet today. Sad for me. So let's make up for it next time. Call 805-564-1290 or email anytime your questions to carl at am1290kzsb.com and I'll talk to you and we'll wrap all this up right after this. talking about home insurance in California, I think I would be remiss to not talk about something just in general that I think we all need to understand. One of the reasons that we are in this situation has nothing to do with the weather. It has nothing to do with inflation or costs of rebuilding or basically any of the things that I'm talking about. It has to do with us as consumers. What the heck does that mean? Let me try and explain it to you. In the beginning, Fire insurance was basically home insurance. When you bought a house, you needed to have insurance on it that would cover you in the event of fire. That was the main peril. That was what was the biggest risk to your home, to your investment. When you would get a loan, when the bank would say, all right, we're going to give you money to purchase a home and the home is going to be your collateral or our collateral on the the money we're giving you, we want to ensure that it's protected for fire. To this day, that's actually the one thing that lenders are permitted to require, you have that and in certain circumstances, flood damage, uh, flood insurance policies. But we'll leave that aside for now. So fire insurance was what homeowners policies uh, or, or insurance on homes, depending on the terminology you want to use, that's what they were originally designed to do. They were there to give protection in the event there was a fire that damaged or destroyed the home. Mic drop. And, and that's it. And that was not, believe it or not, that long ago. Not that long ago. That is what insurance on a home was. So what happened? Well, as you know, I'm a big fan of competition. Competition started saying, you know, it's a little bit difficult for us to differentiate between my our policies and other people's policies because let's face it, they cover fire. There's not much else there. So insurance companies said, all right, to try and get some differentiation between policies to try and get consumers, they would start adding different things in that normally would not have been covered because they were not fire. They added in damage, for example, for theft of your property. This was a big one. This was personal property coverage being stolen. That could be somebody breaking into your house. Later, it became coverage that would protect you in the event of having your luggage stolen on vacation, things like that. But in general, that was something that was an add-on to a homeowner's policy. Theft, that's a big deal. Think about it for a second. Now we're going from just basically covering the property if it burns to the ground to covering it if somebody breaks in and steals things. Totally, totally different exposure. And as you can imagine, there has to be a premium charged in order to cover the losses that will undoubtedly come from that particular peril. And then competition kept moving and said, Hey, that worked. We were able to get more clients by doing that because now we're not just writing fire insurance. Let's, uh, let's find some other things that we can use. And they said, How about damage by water? You know, what if there's a storm and, and water, you know, breaks a window and, and water gets in and damages things? Okay, we'll add that too. And then competition kept moving. And now water damage by water coming from the outside in became quote unquote a thing. It was something that we were looking for on our insurance policies. Later on, turned into, well, you know, why are we just covering the water that's coming in from the outside? I mean, let's, say, let's face it, we go on vacation, maybe a, a pipe breaks or the toilet overflows or who knows what happens. We really should have the ability to to add that onto our policies as well. For a premium, of course. So now our basic fire policy was going to cover fire, theft, and water damage, water coming from the outside in and from the inside out. So now our, our basic fire policy is looking drastically different than it did before, right? Now it's looking like more of a, I hate the word comprehensive because that is so generic and could mean so many things. But it's it's starting to look like what in the industry will say multiple peril, right? the peril The peril of fire is no longer the only thing. Now we're looking at theft. Now we're looking at water damage. And the insurance industry grew. And they had competition. And one carrier would say, oh, you know what, We'll whatever it costs for the water damage, we'll pay for it. Another carrier would say, well, we're seeing an awful lot of claims for these types of water damage, so we're going to make a change to how we pay it. We're going to say, well, we're going to limit damaged by water from within, and things moved up and back and all around, as again, competition does. So it became important to start looking at insurance policies and saying, okay, this one will cover water, whether it's coming from the outside in or the inside out, whatever it might be, some policies wouldn't. Competition kept growing. People wanted more. They were willing to pay more. The industry realized that this is a a market where people can actually pick and choose the types of coverage that they want to have, and they'll pay for it. They'll pay a premium to have additional coverage. Who would have thought? Liability insurance came in. Now, if somebody were to come into your home and slip and fall or accidentally um, put their arm through a window, I know that sounds crazy, but that then that then that is the one that tends to happen. People are running around, uh, maybe they're having a party and, and, and body parts go through windows. I don't know why, but that's just what tends to happen a lot of times. Slip and falls, things like that. And they said, well, we can add liability in here for a price. And and then they even expanded that from premises liability to people getting injured or hurt because of some form of negligence on your property to personal liability. So now this homeowner's policy is not only covering fire. It's not only covering water damage from outside in and inside. It's not only covering theft of your personal property from the house, and if it's stolen when you're not at home, it's also looking to cover liability insurance. And that could be for someone getting damaged at your home or away from home. What if they trip over your luggage at the airport? I don't know why I always seem to have examples at the airport as if I travel a lot. Maybe I have some desire to. Anyway, so now you're starting to get the idea and each one of these coverage types, you guessed it, has a premium associated with it. And some of them became more standard, some not. Now you even have policies that will, that will say, hey, forget the water, forget the fire. If, someone, if, you, if you accidentally spill a bottle of Chardonnay on your carpet, we're even going to pay for that. Wow. Now you can see how the basic fire policy has dramatically morphed from what it was to what it is. It's become infinitely more complicated, infinitely more complex, with infinitely more moving parts and options. Now, I'm giving you large swaths of what it could be and what some companies offer and what some companies don't offer. Here is the key two things, two takeaways from this. Number one, these things cost money. And that means that if they have to pay for that rug because the Chardonnay was spilled on it, Or if they have to pay because somebody slipped and fell and they sue for a couple hundred thousand dollars, all of those costs are going up because of the other factors that we talked about, the inflation, just the general cost of things costing more money because these insurance policies that, again, were once just basically covering fire on your home. Now they're covering all kinds of damage and all that damage and all of those expenses and all of those claims cost more money, which means we're going to pay more premium for them. And as those expenses go up, the premiums will continue to go up as well. So your first takeaway should be that homeowners insurance has changed a lot from what it was initially designed to do, which was protect the home from fire. Number one. And number two, what does that mean? What goes along with that is we need to be very careful because every insurance policy is going to be created differently. Every insurance policy is going to have its own policy language. It's going to have its own limits. It's going to have its own caveats to what it will pay, what it won't pay, under what circumstances it will pay versus not pay. It's not one size fits all anymore, which is great. However, we have to take a little more responsibility for the fact that what we buy today from company A is very unlikely to be exactly what we get if we switch to company B, which, again, in today's current marketplace is difficult because we're lucky to find any company, let alone have options to go between company A, company B, and company C. So, in summary, remember, not only are we dealing with all of these additional costs because of inflation and cost of construction and labor shortages and lumber and replacement costs that are higher, all these other things, we are also paying for the culmination. shouldn't say culmination. It's not ending. We're also paying for the fact that we now have policies that are covering a lot of stuff, a lot more than they were originally created to do and a lot more than we may even realize they do. Sometimes I bet you'd be surprised to find out how much your actual homeowner's insurance policy will cover you for, things you may not have even known about. Think about it. everybody, welcome back, welcome back. I'm Carl, host of the Insurance Hour. This is KZSB Santa Barbara, 1290 AM and 96.9 FM. Catch me live every Tuesday at 12 noon lunchtime with a replay at 7 PM. Again, Wednesday, 6 o'clock AM for you early birds. Saturday night, 7 o'clock PM and Sunday, right in the middle of the day, 1 o'clock PM. Please also remember, I'd love to hear from you. So give the station a call with any questions or comments you might have about the show. 805-564-1290 or email Carl K A R L at am1290kzsb.com. We've talked today about why the insurance industry, specifically the property insurance industry in California, is in such a rough place. And hopefully you've got an idea now of why things are as tough as they are, because they are tough. Now, you may be thinking that I'm choosing sides. And if you've gotten that impression, please, please tell me because that is not my intent. I am not looking to choose sides. I'm really just trying to point out the facts of, of, of what's going on. Now, as you can imagine, there is more that goes into this that we have not covered, more details, more inside baseball that you don't wanna know. But let me tell you what it is that appears to be the trend at this point. The Department of Insurance now recognizes that there needs to be some changes. There needs to be some changes to basically everything we've talked about. What this is going to translate into is a more flexible insurance market, an environment where insurance companies can come racing back to write business and compete for business. Now we have just the opposite right now. We don't have carriers writing, so there's the opposite of competition. I wouldn't say we even have a monopoly because we don't have one company that's writing everything. We just have very few companies writing very little business. So the Department of Insurance gets it. The Sacramento folk, they get it. They really, really do. And we almost had some things done prior to the last recess. However, it didn't come through. Not going to get into the politics of it at all. Just understand that the governor is aware. The California Department of Insurance is aware. There's been communications. There have been press releases. There have been uh, suggestions made strongly. How does that sound? Is that sounds like a decree. <laughs> but uh, all of the things that need to happen to make the industry vibrant again are slowly starting to happen. Now, I speak with people in Sacramento and the legislatures, They again, they get it. And they know what needs to happen to bring competition back, and they're working to make it happen. Governor's office understands as well, and believe me, the Department of Insurance hears it loud and clear. They get it as well. Here's what you should expect. That's what it comes down to, right? You know what happened, you know why it happened, and now you want to know what in the world to expect. So I will tell you. For the next 30, 60, 90 days, get ready for sticker shock because all of this pent-up rate, all of this pent-up exposure That the insurance industry has been shouldering with premiums that are insufficient for the risk based on all of these factors are being recognized. What that means is you're going to be seeing rate increases on your existing policies. That's the very first thing you're going to see and that is the pits big time. It would have been a lot easier had we just gotten a little bit here, a little bit there. As inflation was edging up, we would have our premiums edge up a little bit. But for whatever reason that we've discussed and others too, that's just not how it happens. So we're going to get a whiplash, a boomerang effect. We are going to see our premiums go up. That's the bad news. The good news is all of the carriers are going to be riding again very soon. I would say first to second quarter 2024. Thank you so much for listening. This show, as always, is dedicated to Shamrock Papa. You can catch me again Tuesday at 12 o'clock noon, replay at 7 p.m., and all of those other times I've previously mentioned. Again, call the station, ask your questions, stay in touch. I love you all. I appreciate you taking the time to share an hour here with me. I am Carl, and this is the Insurance Hour on KZSP Santa Barbara, 1290 AM, 96.9 FM.